Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to be talking more on the mixed bag that has been Plant 2023. In our spotlight, we'll have a GDU update. Ag History Minute, we're going to talk about the passing of a legend, Dave Brandt. And we'll have our Cool Beans That's Corny with some current events and wrap things up with a Field Good Friday. With me today are Bill Schomper. Hey, guys. Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomper. Hey to all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. I think it's been pretty much since last summer, talking about how the weather's somewhat on a manic depressive cycle like we have highs and lows it gets cold it gets hot and now we've gone from super wet to where is all the moisture it's getting really dry out there now it's kind of crazy in some areas that's not everywhere but in our area we're we're starting to see more dust fly and I, this spring there was more dust than ever from the get-go it was like that top was just very dried out when you could go but I can't believe now we're starting to see that moisture level go down a lot. You know, there's some sort of moisture there. The drought monitor came out Thursday and basically said we're not really in a drought. Like this is just sort of a dry spell dry. still. So we can't use that word. D3 we're, drought. We're out west. Yeah. They're they're in like haven't seen rain in months kind of a deal. So, yeah, it's always interesting that where we go from that too wet to too dry how quickly that can turn well even looking at like the radar you look at the national picture usually it's raining somewhere and not that it isn't raining but it's all very small pocket like there's no major system that i could see yesterday anyway when i was looking of like oh it's raining like in texas and oklahoma or it's raining in the northeast like it was just nope little pocket here little pocket there do you look at the national radar a lot? When when we get not all, I, I, that, I should do that more. That's a good yeah. move cuz yeah, it I don't seems do like it I enough. no, like I just look at like Minnesota and Wisconsin cuz if it's coming and across maybe Iowa Minnesota, right? if if it's yeah, coming right. right. And and that's it. Like you just look towards the west and look at your own and yeah. you know you're kind of good. But you're right at it. You're right looking at the current radar right now. There's just a couple blips right. and it's that's really it. nothing you really fond of Colorado, Matt, so you just check that out all the time? Like, yeah, you know, I like the mountains. I like edibles. I, I mean, uh, <laughs> Well, when he winters in Vail, he likes to know what's uh, going on. I'm, I'm more of an Aspen guy. I, oh, I bet you are. <laughs> I do feel like, for the most part, at least the fields that I've been checking, we're planting still into a decent amount of moisture. Max's. adjacent Adjacent to the moisture. That's what I adjacent. You're to the adjacent, moisture. adjacent to the moisture. It's close enough that I think we're picking it up, but we're not. Yeah, it'll be interesting if there's enough moisture that that seed can imbibe and and expand. Because I've seen it both ways. Where you're like, man, right after they're planting, I'll dig and like he's in moisture. We should yep. be good. And then it's like there were, just wasn't quite enough. So we're we're edging that line. Mm-hmm. I feel like of very dry in that seed bed area that you just got to find ways to get moisture towards that seed. Yeah, it's it's hard to think that even three weeks ago, I don't think any of us would have imagined this scenario necessarily. Like, oh, look look where the rivers are. Like, there's so much moisture, and we were getting snow. Yeah, <laughs> remember well, that? Well, that's we had a we had a wet winter. Like, so you don't 
really imagine that you're going to have... Yeah, the back half of, like, after February, basically, we had all our snow for the winter, and then it was kind of hanging around when you looked at... Get the those lovely little memory things or whatever online, and it says, oh, yeah, look, last year this time the grass was growing and everything was pretty, and we were still under snow, and it's like, ah, oh, it's going to be a late year and wet, and... Maybe that's why we don't have the drought Maybe. clarification or uh, categorization yet because we had a wet winter, mm-hmm. so it's, we're just kind of working through. But I can say this is the driest I remember a planting season. In so somebody looked back at the records and did say this is as dry as '88 during the planting season, but that's tough to like, like. Right, that you know, eighty eight's just the ultimate in dry. Twenty twelve was dry. Even we were talking but, comparisons but, of twenty twelve. It was like that year. It was so warm, so early. Like hayfields yeah. were waking up in March. March. Yes, like there was a lot of things. We did happening. have that one really warm week early this year. That kind of yeah, but in not a, like but in that, April, right? Was, and yeah. it was not like twenty twelve. So you're you're right. We got snow after that, like three times after that really warm week. So, and looking at the ten day, there's like nothing. Like maybe the sixth of June depression. It's like a thirty six percent. Those are tough because those are ones where like you you know, when you tend to get dry you miss them, but one timely rain changes Every, all your oh, outlook. Yeah. You know, yeah, when you get right. one half inch shot of rain there and it's it's a game it's totally different. We've got a pretty good stretch of like high eighties to ninety next week that maybe something will pop up. You know, you can kinda hope that that'll happen, but yeah, as far as forecast goes, it's not. It's, I was looking one day next week it was eighty four or eighty five for the high with thirty mile an hour winds. If it's not planted after that, if Oof, it's not drying up the plant after that, I don't think yeah, it's ever going to get there. It's like living in a hair dryer. Do we got to start some sort of movement? So cut as much. I mean, everybody's cutting hay now, but cut more all your hay by that next week, Wednesday, Thursday, to try to drum up. What do we do? Wash cars. Yeah, yeah, everything rains. that would usually causes it to rain. Um, yeah, what else? I don't know what else. We There's can no do. fairs going on. Um, right. I will so. leave my truck windows open every yeah, night. Yeah, say, everybody yeah. leave your car outside. I did, leave, open. I did leave my window open the other day I, with my wallet sitting in the <laughs> holder. Came out the next morning, still there. Eagle Street and Seymour, very yeah, safe. Yeah, yeah. Very safe. <laughs> Apparently. Good to know. Start going down <laughs> Eagle Street at night. Watch for open windows with wallets. All right. I tried. I did my best. I left my windows <laughs> open. Yeah, I don't know. We gotta do a rain dance. I don't know. Did, you know, you when you're a kid, you put the rain spoon sticks. You yeah. remember rain sticks? You do, yeah. put the spoon under your pillow for a snow day. Do we do the same thing now for rain? You put your spoon under your pillow. Is that how that works? Did never, never, never did. That. You never heard of that? Nope. nope. Oh, put your spoon under a pillow for Is that a freedom thing. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> did it work. Probably, probably not. I mean, you only do. You basically do it. Right before it when there's snow. a storm in the yeah, right. it worked once and then right. therefore it will hey, always work. If I can get one day out of school a year, I was doing it, whatever it took. So, all right, you guys ready to get into our main topic today? Yeah. So, yeah, number one on here, the the thing at the top of your list, Todd, I think, is the biggest question we all have: is Plant Twenty Twenty Three continues? Will my herbicide activate? So residuals, you know, what are we, what are we to see? Is that a max? I got a really good, really good the big question. For and you. I feel like right around May twentieth, like that end of that week was when all of a sudden it all hit us. Of like we missed the rain chance on May seventeenth, eighteenth. Like it was supposed to rain, yep, didn't rain, 
And that that like when that happens, I think it all hits you of like, Ooh. oh no, like this. Yeah. And like, do, you, do you remember pushing and being like, "Hey guys, right. guys, we gotta yeah. get this in get before this Friday." Yeah. Yep. And it wasn't necessarily a big chance, but it was. It, it was, was enough to slow us down. Yeah, though. it was enough that like it was seventy percent chances it should rain. We hadn't missed many chances before that. Correct. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. the real problem. Right. So when that happened, I think all of us turned and went, "Oh no!" Like we we also need this rain to activate herbicide. So the and herbicides vary. Some of them need upwards of almost an inch. Some are down in that quarter inch. Um, reading a lot of labels this week, like. Uh, old school Halex GT quarter inch uh, rain yep. would be enough. Yep. Um, you know, when you get into your acetochlor family, it's probably closer to an inch. And then, you know, your Zidua duals kind of that quarter inch to half inch range. So we do need that herbicide to activate. So it's this tricky part of what do we do with these pre-emerges or early, even early post herbicides. And then, and then add on like guys are planting into 24, 36 inch tall rye. Right. Like we get, that has to die, right? We got to right. kill that. But I was pulling out the residual, like, let's just kill. So yep. you were just the doing rye. Yep. yep. I've, because between the dry weather and all that mass of the green material, how are we going to get that residual to the ground, to the ground. anyway? Yeah. Right. So, so not only will you have poorer coverage, but then it won't activate right. either. So you'll have kind of both. The other scenario bill i saw is like cloddy soil mm-hmm. like when you get those clods that are say a golf ball or bigger and you're putting a residual herbicide on that too i've seen it where you know you're only coating the top of that clod and all like underneath it and sure. all that none of that even gets any of the herbicide it almost and acts like an umbrella yeah and so you'll get weeds kind of growing underneath it and it just yeah it's just something to think about the other thing you got is dusty conditions when you're spraying which we talked about last week so not only that's going to kind of mess with this, the your spray system right away as well. So the the other part I thought about of this is, yes, we don't have the herbicide there, to, or it may not be activated, but we also need moisture to germinate weeds. Mm-hmm. Right. So depending when you plant it, I know early plant stuff, we had enough moisture there and a lot of weed flush come in. But depending when you planted, you might need a rain to really, you'll still get weeds coming, but that real hard flush of them, may not be coming but it's something to think about a lot of mine that say a guy was playing one pass full rate acheron i talked with those guys and said hey we're you know you you're gonna have to come back with roundup probably to get this because you're gonna have you know delayed activation of your acheron that well todd you and i talked like was it wednesday like the guys that are like plan to pass or like early post we like at this point it feels like those are the guys that are going to win right because the two pass you know you're coming back the planned one pass late well we're hedging our bets that we're going to get rain in two weeks when we do that right and win versus black brown dirt acuron and that's it right right no right. and i think those guys too even with that second planned pass or the early post pass you're really going to have to watch rain on that as well yeah. And make sure you get a, that there's either rain in the forecast that you think you're going to get or however you do that. But that's going to be a tricky, tricky thing to watch because when we get dry like this, you just don't, you don't know. And you, you need weed control, but the biggest downside there would be conventional corn is how do you control that? Yep. Because 
you know, we can say always come back with Roundup on Roundup Ready Corn, but conventional, um, there's, you know, still the old accents and this newer herbicide Catagon that is a premix of accents. So there's chances there. But the funny thing you Yeah, you used to spray a lot of accents. What's some watch outs with that? Like when I leave, when we're done here, I got to go look at a field because we got conventional corn planted. And he's like, usually we do just Acheron as much as we can and we walk away. But I'm like, we need to wait. Like, I'm even hedging my bets to wait until the corn is almost poking through. Sure. To at least then do some roundup. Right. And then maybe we go back with Acheron later. Later, yeah. Um, but I I told him I'm going to time that so that we can get the co-op to spray it right before it pokes through. Um, the th- I mean, with Accent, those kinds of products, they're just more expensive, right? Right. Yeah. You need more um, surfactants. To, to get them to work, and sure. they frankly don't work as fast, just don't work as good as Roundup, right? You know, so yeah, you're not going to get the bigger weeds that you get with Roundup, right? With Weed size accent. is going to be big yeah, to watch right. on accent, you and know, even the, like the the speed of it. Like you spray Roundup within four or five days, most normally. Max, you're talking about differently before, but normally you can start to see that where some of these other products you don't see that for two weeks. Yep. And it doesn't start to melt backwards for a long time. Sure. Like clethodim, we did a trial last year on rye, like Roundup and clethodim to kill the rye. And man, there was a huge difference on... Slow, painful death. Yeah. Clethodim, yeah. Clethodim, you don't even know if it's always dead. You have to pull... Like think of when you're trying to kill volunteer corn out of beans. You pull that whirl and look for the growing point to die. You know, right. and like yeah. it's dead at the growing point, but the rest of the plant looks grass green yet. So... Yeah, you're right about that. It's going to be different how they die this year, too. Here's a scenario I got this week from a guy. He asked me this question, and I said, that's a good question. So we put on our put on our pre-emerge chemical, and then uh, we were going to haul some manure on there. So if 7,000 gallons of manure is equivalent to quarter-inch rain, is that going to activate our residuals by putting manure on there? I'm trying it. Yeah, it, I don't see why it wouldn't. Yeah, right. I don't I mean, see why it wouldn't either. Moisture. Yeah. Are you gonna hose it on or? Yeah. Yep. Because do you think too, like the hose rolling across? So kind of like. Well, I mean, the stuff I'm doing is like, got like really tall covers. So sure. We're hoping that's gonna. Sure. It'll carry the hose. I'm saying even like the hose action will kind of like activate a little bit. Oh, I mean, it's different. Like, like tillage. Not, like, it's not an, tillage, like an incorporation. But, but like uh, that with the liquid. Where I, because I got like irrigation too now, where we're 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 spraying some of those and then we're turning the pivot yep. on to get a quarter or a half inch sure. on it. But that too, I don't know if it's as equal because the 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 speed at which you get that moisture is different. That's one tricky part. You know, quarter inch of rain you don't literally get in a split second. Not typically. Um, we're right. like with when irrigation, I'm, you're putting it on in, in that, one spot, in the one all spot, the time right? And then, of, yeah. and then same with like splashing on manure too. Like, I don't see why that would matter, but I don't know how their their activation studies are done. Either, well, I was so. wondering about like, and I don't know how this would work, I guess, but like pH, the pH being different, and some things like that. I wondered if that has any effect with chem, like how that would work. I don't know. I don't. There's probably not studies on how that works. No. So pH versus activating rain, you're saying? Yeah. I've never seen a study on that, but pH always has problems. I would say the the problem is is when you get in those high or low pH situations, it's automatically 
not working as well, the, the herbicides. Right. So you're right that, that that'll have more of a play this year as well. So, I like where you're going with the 7,000 game. I mean, that's exactly quarter-inch rain. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you got to lose on that? Yeah, I mean, we are going to haul it anyway. So we, right. so basically what we decided is any – so it was all um, stuff that we hauled uh, that was triticale or rye that we harvested. And any of the ones we were going to put manure on, we sprayed our full residual, like give her the whole boat and we'll haul that manure on there. And then anything we knew wasn't going to get manure, we just sprayed Roundup and we'll, we're yep. going to wait two weeks and – Hopefully have some rain in the forecast. So we'll see. I mean, it'll be a good trial, I guess. Right. For our once every 10 years that we have dry conditions, we'll have some ammo. Yep. Yeah. I had a farmer tell me yesterday that in the last 60 years, there's only been like three years that Memorial Weekend didn't get, all rain. three days didn't get rain. Oh, like one of the three. One of the three, yeah. yeah. There was one <laughs> for real? like two, two, yeah, two mean, years ago, but we got a frost. Yeah, usually you, fit, you I mean, figure you're going to rain on right, the weekend. Yeah. Right. Think of like the Memorial Parade. It rains on that day. Yeah. Just, just automatically. <laughs> Memorial was, Parade, Country USA, Farm yeah. Tech Days. Three days <laughs> you can down. guarantee rain. That's what broke the drought. Uh, tech yeah. Days broke the 2012, 2012 drought. drought yeah. Yeah. There we go. Let's bring up Tech Days earlier. No. Not doing it again. <laughs> try and get it for next week so we can get some rain or what Six, you said 60 years too that's not like looking like at he said like every lot. 20 years there's only like sure there's one year that get that, that isn't friday set thursday um saturday sunday monday of the memorial weekend that doesn't rain, rain at rain. least one day and hmm. this is it we're, we're here i don't think it rained two was it two years ago we got the memorial day frost yeah, it was two years ago. I don't think it rained that weekend, but we got a frost, so I guess, you know. Ugh. Anyway. Right. Next up on the kind of plant 2023 mixed bag is down pressure. So on corn planters, last two weeks, you know, this is my favorite time of year where I get to right, And I like to kind of walk behind or ride my forward behind, or if it's a John Deere that you can ride on the back, if, you know, if certain setups you can kind of ride on the back of the planters. That's not OSHA approved. I, I don't do that. I ride the four-wheeler behind. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, Puts on his just, helmet and he climbs, yeah, up, climbs he up on the back. Yeah. No, just just watching them work is and, – and all the bells and whistles we have on these now, it's it's amazing, honestly. Like, they're – these are – these are high-tech machines we have out here, and one of the newer things I'm running into is the down-pressure settings. Is Back in the day, you had a spring-loaded down-pressure. You know, you, you had maybe probably three or four settings, and it was like you kind of played around with it, but you couldn't change it in the cab. You couldn't, you know, kind of watch. the Also, the 2020 monitor and some of these newer monitors with sort of a good ride or what tells you kind of where, where your ground contact is has also changed that, and... One thing I'm seeing this spring is I have not changed a depth setting at all on a planter this spring yet. Uh, my crew changed one we had that they went down a setting, but in general, that setting is correct. It's we're just playing a whole bunch with down pressure and upping it, lowering it, watching it, and um, in general, as it got drier here, it was actually increasing down pressure by quite a bit. And one of the struggles has been like on these 2020 monitors, it says, you know, excessive or high, or it's got this rating that you almost feel like, 
All you feel like is you're compacting that soil yeah. and those sidewalls. But you also want to keep as much as you can keep that furrow intact as those yep. double discs go through, keep it intact so you don't have that dry soil caving back down in by your seed. So that was one advantage we were watching is if you could up your ground, you know, your down pressure, you know, maybe be a little bit more than you'd even like, but at the same time, you'd keep that dry seed on top and then your closing discs could pinch that wet, that wet soil, you know, back down in that seed. And then the, you know, the top was still dry. So that was one thing we were doing of, um, changing that. And then in no-till as well, that, that varied a lot. Um, we, we had some down pressures where, in, like I said, in general, we were having to run it higher, but no-till in general, you run higher. So yeah. it wasn't necessarily a shock in the no-till part. And the other part of no-till is it, it, it has structure there to carry that down pressure yeah. as well. Yeah. So don't feel like you're compacting more in it. You're, you have structure there to carry it. So I that part, I, I just been watching of the part I'm struggling with, and I want your guys' opinion is, the, what we've always told guys while they're planting and what the precision guys will say is you want enough down pressure so that your good ride or your ground contact's always 100%. And what I saw this year is you actually needed a touch more at times. Did you have to give than 110%? That. Yeah, it seemed like, well, that's a bad part is that scale stops at, you know, 100% ground contact. Right, right. You know, that's, it's touching all the time. And it's almost like you we need to do more than we, touch it all the we, time. We needed like another thing to watch and it's hard without digging that furrow and just kind of you having a shovel or a seed depth stick and really just you know kind of get used to where the furrow and that it because there's a really big sweet spot of like too much or not enough and it, most of the time you needed a, a scotch more than what what you thought you needed but like i said then on that scale you think like we're doing all this compaction and it's not good so yeah, it was just a tricky thing. I was wondering what you guys saw this spring. I got to work through this with a grower this year, and I didn't have a lot of answers for him why we couldn't get it, you know, kind of. The precision guy had, you know, you should do this and do that, and then I was coming behind and looking and trying to see where seed was, and we are making adjustments and couldn't get it kind of figured out. And eventually what we did is we tur- he, he turned the down pressure up and closed his range down. So he had a range of 40 to 70, Closed the margin, switched it to 60 to 70, and just like that, we were holding two inches perfect. Yep. So that was one of the things I know they really like to say, like, don't put on more pressure than you need because you're making compaction, all that stuff. Problem is, I think you lose some consistency when you left that when you leave that I, range so big. It's a good way to, the consistency word's great, because on my 16 and 24-row planters, that's where I mean, saw the problem was you dig along all the rows and be like, man, some of these are at an inch and a half. Like, what? what's going on? And it was all a down pressure thing. You know, we, we were the we down were pressure, them, and then it was consistent. We were getting them in one crop. one row, you know, just digging five feet apart. You were finding inconsistencies, and it was like, wait, if it's shallow, fine, we'll set it deeper. But it's not. It's right. the it inconsistency was, is way more bouncy, hard yeah. to deal with, yeah. I think. A bigger way, and I don't know, you'd have a sense of this, but as a farmer, you can watch is, you know, if your gauge wheels start plowing more instead of staying on top, that's obviously way too much. Um, and then right now we watch a lot of times just the bounce thing. Well, bounce has a lot to do with speed as well. So that's a trick, a very tricky one is, you know, there's a one-to-one correlation of bounce versus speed. Or Um, radishes that are growing. There's some turnips that overwintered and you're bouncing over softball size tournament turnips. I mean, that does it too. So that one's a tricky one where that one felt personal, Bill. Yeah. 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 
Little, that one was a little bit of a close, close, close turnips, window there. I could see radishes have been disintegrated. The radishes were fine. It was turnips. It was cover crops and the supplier. You just got to sharpen those double disc openers yeah, so they slice, slice right through, through it like butter. Yeah, the, the the supplier ran out of radishes and replaced it with turnips. And Yeah, yeah it is like hitting a softball. Did you pick some and take them home? No, I just wanted out of there. Got to get more deer in that field and yeah. get yeah. those up. Got to get those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. Pretty much everything survived as far as the turnips go. It is surprising with the winter we we had, as cold as it got early, that survivability of most cover crops was pretty darn good this winter. I mean, it was in general mild, but there were a couple of really cold snaps lot, where we had no cover. A lot of the Italian rye, too. Yeah. Not as, like, was it three years ago everything survived? Yeah, I Not said as good as that. Right. But, but it's, it's some it's annual rye that all yeah. of it was no, there. It was, you know, like you yeah. say, the survivability of the covers was was almost too good in a weird way because yeah. a lot of those were planned to not survive. Todd, before we go on to the next one, if we have time with the down pressure thing, is now that rye for forage and first crop is coming off, if you're going to go to corn, it's got you got to watch that big time. Head of field on... Um, you're going to be doing down pressures that are extremely yeah. high. Had, know, a field, like, had a field on Wednesday that my scout, Jim, went out to just check it. Like, hey, just can you go check? And he got there, and, like, it was a hay field from last year. We burned off. We're going to no-till into it. And he's like, he called me. He's like, there's seeds on the surface here. Like, we couldn't even get into the ground. <laughs> now, in, in any wheel track, so say you heart like, I had same thing last week. Some guys that didn't harvest and no-tilled into like alfalfa or something like that. Yeah. It was a little poor stand. And in general, those went well. We still had enough moisture. There wasn't the wheel traffic from the harvest equipment either. Like it seems like any wheel traffic yeah. this year is kind of just making that soil tight on top. That well, you're right. If you harvest first crop and try to get corn, it's going to be extremely difficult because the, the one so caveat I couldn't. He couldn't get the because it was a new custom planter he couldn't get him to like go in, like just go in the field and see if it'll work in the field he was in the headlands sure so it's like just yeah, headlands just try it he's like right no I'm, i just i'm i don't know what to do here so anyhow they ended up having to vt it because it's like oh crap now we wanted to no-till for one like we wanted to no-till we can't so now two in this dry soil we're gonna run a tillage piece of tillage heck yeah it, right so that was the bummer part of that but literally they couldn't like legitimately couldn't right. get it in the ground. I was uh, checking out some plantings after uh, Trit this week, and I was talking to the, you know, I was kind of digging on one end of the field, and I saw the tractor stop, drove around to the other side of the field, and I was like, oh, what's going on? You have a breakdown? He goes, no, I'm just waiting for fertilizer, and I, like, looked at the tanks, and you can see how much is, and they were well over half. Most of them were, like, three quarters full, and I was like, they look pretty good to me. He goes, yeah, we just need the extra weight, so I want to keep them full, full. And I was like, all right. So he was waiting for that guy to come with the tender tank to fill them back up. So, so yeah. Just, just pull the tender tank. Like I've, I was thinking, you know, you want me to just sit on the planter the rest of the day? or You and about I, 20 of your friends. Yeah. I do think with custom guys and down pressure, that brings up a unique scenario. I've seen is since on the 2020 monitor or any of these monitors, it's showing excessive these custom guys, this is not your own field. You're hitting somebody else's. You want to do the best job for them. They almost feel like, well, I can't go that higher. What you just said, even too, like they want to lighten stuff up so that they're not yeah. causing compaction. So that is a tricky part that 
the farmer doesn't need to be out there or your, your agronomist with you going, hey, this is where we want it at. It's okay. This is the amount we need. Sometimes they just need I, that like Right. Because, well, think of right? if you're the guy in the cab doing the custom job, you're like, well, shoot, I don't want. No. He's going to say, well, look at all this sidewalk compaction later. This is wrong or this is wrong. And they got out and usually looked at it and said, nope, this is is good. You know, the monitor tells me I'm doing this job, so I must be doing the right thing where, like I said, it is good to be out there watching it with them. So they know what your goals are on the farm and what you're trying to achieve and not just what the computer is telling you is right. All right. These next three are kind of more rapid fire ones. Black cutworm, but you know, all the egg articles, it's, it's around down South. Illinois, Iowa. Yeah, it started early. There were a lot of flights early yep. on, and but for us so far, have not. I've Bill, you found seen... somebody found one okay. while digging for I seed. I found but... a. Uh, that was a white you had a white grub. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen a couple of white grubs. Yeah. I've seen more wire worms than black cut worms. Yeah, yeah. White, what's the deal with the wire worms this year? Click beetles apparently were very uh, voracious lovers last year. I don't know. The wire worms have been pretty phenomenal. What I've seen, some of those aren't wire worms though. Too, they're like a. If, I can't remember the species. It's clo- looks similar, but it just feeds on organic matter in the soil. Hmm. But you mean it, like, but a, I, like a corn seed? <laughs> corn seed maggot? <laughs> That's technically organic matter. So, so I'm saying there's both out there. I agree yeah. with you. They're there. The, the interesting part is like how much June beetles I'm seeing oh already. Oh, my God. Well, the grub of June beetle is right. a white grub. Right. Yep. So that's going to be tri- like, But I'm wondering if they've already sort of Hatched out. Hatched out, right. The amount of June beetles for it was like, May. Was it Wednesday this week? Yeah. Like, I think it was Wednesday. I was like, Yeah, we oh skipped right over God. the Mayflies, went straight to the June beetles. Oh, we, yeah. we got plenty of Mayflies, too. <laughs> they were showing up on the radar, I think. Yeah. A couple of those. <laughs> always, every year they do. There's the, the mass, like, I have a, I have a buddy. Mayflies. I have I a buddy who's fishing on Erie right now. You know, nice little walleye trip, you know, middle of the week. Yeah. And he sent a video, and it's just, it looks like a swarm of birds. But it's uh, sure. mayflies uh, on the lake. My brother-in-law just left yesterday for. Oh well, it's the bugs are bad apparently. So yeah, but the June bug. I think was it. I think it was Wednesday night. All once, like I'm like, what is that noise? I can hear stuff like hitting the window. I was like, is it uh, raining? Yeah. It was June bugs. June bugs. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, my cat's like freaking out. It's like, oh, yeah, something's out there. Yeah, the the puppy. She's. She's a June bug fanatic and loves oh. eating them and then throw up everywhere. It's her favorite thing to do. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been an interesting year so far, and hopefully we'll see some more positives come out in the next couple of weeks. And maybe we'll get some rain sometime here soon, and that'll help with a lot of things that we're worried about because, obviously, if your seed got shallow and isn't into moisture, you need that moisture to get the seed going. We need it for activation of herbicide. Hard to, hard to believe at this point we may be wishing for rain, rain harder than we thought we would have. But either way, some things that have been ha- going on out there in plant 2023, which is, I think, for the most part, starting to wrap up for us in this area. Maybe some soybeans yet left to go and or a little bit of late corn after first crop. But um, for the most part, I think things have been tracking pretty well. So now let's move into our spotlight for today oh boy whoa 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 that's not the spotlight music what's going on i'm so scared something's wrong all right today we're talking to gdus 
Got a little GDU update, our first one of the year so far. And this is as of May 1st, so within the last 26 days where we're sitting. Let's go north first to Krivitz. To date, we are at 238 in Krivitz for GDUs. Their normal is 192, so they are up 46 GDUs above normal. In the next two weeks, they're expected to hit 461 here in Seymour, world headquarters of Tilth Agronomy and the Tilth Agronomy studio. To date, we're at 227, so just a, a skosh lower than, than Krivitz. Our normal is 201, so we are still above normal at 26 above, and we are expected to hit 459 in the next 14 days. So there we would match up pretty darn close. And Sun Prairie to the south, to date they are at 296. Their normal is 210. They are 88 above normal for GDUs, and in the next 14 days expected to hit 547. So just have, so have we hit the... Todd, have we hit the magical water hemp? So, yeah, so what, the, these the, are from May 1st. The, the bad this, magic. Yeah. Right, yeah. the bad magic. These are from May 1st, which this year that's going to be tricky too, but we didn't get a lot of GDUs sort of ahead of that planting window. But for... For water hemp and weeds, they're going to use sort of calendar date GDUs. So they would use that, you know, all the heat we got in April, that counts towards them. Water hemp emergence typically happens at 350 GDUs. And at Tiltward headquarters from January 1st, we had 373. So we should start to see, I have not seen any yet, but I would expect next week, you know, you'll see a few the potential water smiling. hemp. But, but there too. Still needs water. We need water, yeah. yeah. Especially in the, the name. It's in the name, right. So we may not see them right away because we don't have the moisture there to germinate them. And usually they're pretty shallow. You know, they don't germinate from three inches deep where the moisture Can is. Can you imagine if they did? Oh, <laughs> they, they probably will this year. You're right. They'll find Jesus. a way to just come through. Never thought of it. This is the perfect solution. We just have to figure out how to create a drought, and yeah. we'll never have water hemp again. <laughs> just dr- dry us off for a little bit to hold back. <laughs> our, our cows will not have feed, but we don't have water hemp. Yeah, details. Hey. Details. All right. Now let's move into our egg history minute for today. More reggaeton horn. Yeah, what's we just had to finish button. with that. What's going on? All right, today we're talking about Dave Brandt, who was an American farmer known for working on sustainable agricultural techniques, specifically no-till and cover crops. He passed away this last weekend in an accident while transporting seed. Brandt grew up in Carroll, Ohio, in a family of farmers and worked on his grandfather's farm. He's a Vietnam veteran, served in the Marines. He also worked as a tenant farmer in the late 60s. His father was killed in a tractor accident soon after he came back from Vietnam. After his father's death, he was forced to sell his father's land and much of the equipment. He and his wife, Kendra, began no-till farming in 1971 as a way to cut costs as they began farming on a smaller scale and budget. Uh, From 1981 to 1984, Brant worked for the NRCS as a local agriculturalist. In the late 90s, early 2000s, Brandt experimented with different combinations and species of cover crops, such as radishes and sunflowers, to improve crop yield and improve soil quality. In 2012, Brandt's photo was taken by an NRCS uh, operative at an event, 
It was posted online by the USDA in 2014 and began circulating as a meme in 2018. So if you've ever seen a gentleman in overhauls and kind of a black and white checkered shirt where it says, it ain't much, but it's honest work. There's also another one I've seen of him with holding a radish. Um, you've So you may have seen, may not know who Dave Brandt is, but you've probably seen his picture. As it is a, a radish or the sunflower? It might be a sunflower. There's too. one of him with I know, a sunflower. I know there's one with oh, the there's radish. Oh, there's one with the too. radish too, yep. yep. Um, so you've probably seen him even if you didn't know who he was because it's been a pretty pervasive meme over the years. Uh, the tagline is, ain't much, but it's honest work. Brent uh, said he enjoyed being a meme, even though he probably didn't know what it was at first. Although he did say that his high school English teacher would not have approved of the usage of ain't. <laughs> the, so. the best part of that story is he was in like the bank, you know, doing some yeah bank depositing things. or taking yep. withdrawals, and the teller is like, "You're the meme guy," and he's like, <laughs> right, "What do what you is. you mean?" Like that was a story, and then like she pulled out her phone and like showed him. <laughs> You know, yeah, like, could you, that's, it's so cool. And it's so cool that he, you know, he, he did seem to sort of enjoy that, you know. Yeah, like he embraced I'd, it. And right. Did, yeah. Right. That's it's great. Cool, it's cool that we found, like, his history after he got into it was, like, that he's a conservationist and, like, he had a good history, not, like, yeah, he owes money to every neighbor and, you know, because sometimes when those, when the meme things happen, you know, those that's what you end up with. No, this so guy cool. was. It's cool that he turned out to be, like, a. No, he's a straight, straight up, straight up dude, he's a straight yeah. up legend here. I mean, he was like Purple Heart yeah. from being in Vietnam. That's what I mean. Like, like, yeah, like totally. This guy deserves all the accolades that are possible to get. So that's cool. Yeah, I had the the pleasure of actually getting to see him speak this past winter. He came and he did a tour around Wisconsin to a few different events, and um, so we're sad to see him pass. But hopefully, his his legend will live on as others follow some of the practices that he. The way he passed kind of is made. wild too. Is like in the cra- yeah, he was going to pick up seeds. Going and pick up seed, yeah. So like, there was a, I don't know. Some some articles say he was ejected. Some he wasn't. I it sounded like maybe partially, but he had a number of injuries, so he did survive initially. Um, but he was taken to the hospital and died there. He was seventy six years old. So yeah, well, yeah. like that was a good moment of silence for him because that, that's. It's cool you got to see him speak. Was he a yeah, good I mean, he's, speaker? And he's a good, not, like, he wasn't one of those guys where, you know, he's giving you the sales pitch. He just showed, that's great. showed a picture of his farm. He talked about, you know, why he did certain things. And he wasn't the type of guy to say, well, you've got to do exactly what I did. It was more like, you know, what do you got? What are you dealing with? And you'd ask him a question, and he'd, he'd kind of try to help you workshop a way to, to use something that would fit your farm. He understood that. We can't all just copy what he did, and and that and that made him a very good speaker. So it ain't much, but it's honest work. That's right. He did not have any brand new John Deere tractors on his farm, or I think he was still doing a lot of with open station tractors. And really, at least with the pictures he was yeah. showing. Yeah. Wow. So, well, good. Thanks, Matt. Thank you to all the listeners out out there. Please subscribe to the podcast and tell a farmer friend. I know planting's wrapping up, so you probably, you know, binge listen through most of these in the past couple of weeks, but please listen every week yet. All you need to do is search Tilt Talk Radio on Apple Podcasts or on Android. You need to download an app like Podcast Addict, Podbean, and Player FM. You can also listen on a smartphone browser or on your computer browser. Go to tiltagcom slash podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilt Talk Radio. 
All right. Now we'll move into our Cool Beans. That's corny with some current events. So Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. All right. Our Cool Beans this week. Ford is bringing back AM radio. So they had initially made the decision for 2024 to drop AM radio from future vehicles, including the 2024 Mustang. Uh, But they have since changed their mind. Their decision comes after bipartisan pressure from federal lawmakers who cited the importance of AM in delivering vital information during emergencies, especially to rural communities. In a statement made in March, a spokesperson for the Dearborn automaker said the technology was going to be dropped as countries and automakers globally are modernizing radio by offering internet streaming through mobile apps, FM, or digital. And now the company has said that they understand the AM transmission's importance and all 2024 model year Fords and Lincolns will have AM radio. So they're going to put CBs back in too, I heard. I, you know, no. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind. Yesterday I was on the highway, got behind like two, two semis and they were like pacing each other. <coughs> and there's this just growing length of cars behind them, and it's like, okay, guys, like, can, can one of you like, I I don't know if they knew each other or if it was just happened that they were, but they rode next to each other for so long, taking up the the whole ride. It was like, I wonder if they could talk to you know. Yeah, oh yeah, they were definitely yeah. CBN. Are they uh, they like trying to box somebody out? Somebody tick them off? What was going on? But what what's weird to me with this is. The one, the ones that didn't have it, it's just a software update. So the hardware was there the whole time. Yeah. So why, why even, <laughs> why they even deactivate it if like they could? I'm always... Sure, it wasn't any cheaper to get a newer one without AM radio. Well, right, because they said the hardware is still there. So that part was was sort of weird. That I mean, I'm sure they were just testing it to see if people really cared or not. And if we don't have AM I mean, radio, I, how can we listen to the Brewers? As I say, I still listen to enough Apparently AM radio, most like, I, EVs don't have them. Um, so either they don't have the receiver or don't have men. So it says here in the article that uh, many new vehicles, mostly EVs, have arrived without AM radio for a, quite a while. BMW is one. Um, it's been doing it since 2014. Uh, and Tesla, Volvo, a lot of the other ones don't have them. But yeah, I mean, I not only can you listen to the Brewers, but like I said, the emergency in an emergency, you're probably not going to have internet. You're not going to have like all these things, right? That, where the companies that, were pushing to, where that to go would to be good to have, yeah. So, all right, our that's corny this week is keep an eye on your corn and. You may have to rescue a troubled stand. So a perfect stand is ideally what we're looking for. But if you cannot get a perfect stand, then you may need to go in and rescue. Part of that is scouting, so make sure you're either working with an agronomist or walking your own fields if that's your thing, and assign your team, if you have more than one person that's going to be walking the fields, the task of looking at these and if things are crusting like we've hit we mentioned before it's really dry if you see crusting conditions rotary hose come out of the shed or off a fence line and it's 
the kind of a timing, uh, the devil's timing machine. type yeah. thing. Yeah, nobody wants to run the rotary hoe, but no. And if luckily, you need, it, you need it. Luckily, in our area, I don't think we're going to have much of this because we need a need rain, a rain to, to do, do that. that. But you look, Illinois, Iowa, down south, they are having to get rotary hoes out in places. So it is, it almost feels like a year we're going to have to like. That whole marked safe thing on when yeah. after a, uh, like marked safe, marked safe from people. the not rain, right? Like I feel like some of these stands you're just gonna have to like these early populations are gonna be huge to say nope, we got you know thirty two thousand plants, we're good. This one's good, you know. Go to the next because it did seem too. Depending when the farmer plant, like you're gonna have window this year that was gonna be a disaster. So just and then how to respond to that? And a lot of it's what's hard is when that seed didn't germinate and it's just sitting in dry soil. It's just waiting. You're just right. waiting. It's there's no. It's not like I when mean, we plant on May first and it doesn't come out for three weeks, and you're like, oh my god, yeah. It's it's fine. It, it's fine. Right. It's just not coming up. Right. It's not going to rot. Right. If there's no moisture there, it rot. So it yeah, just will be a really really thing in the next you know couple weeks here to watch. Yeah, and you may have to, like I said, crusting is probably not going to be a major thing right now, but. If that seed is sitting there waiting for moisture and we do get some pounding rain, it may come up later even. So there you go. And finally, our Field Good Friday this week. Feels like we just talked about this not too long ago, but a, another Holstein, the age of 14 years old, has set a lifetime production record owned and bred by the Dankert family at Norbert Farm near Brenham, or Bremen, uh, Norbert Colby Connie has pumped out a record 486,300 pounds of milk. And she is still producing. She just calved again, and she will keep increasing her production every day. Connie is equally impressive results for milk quality components with a lifetime record of 27,062 pounds of fat, 17,737 pounds of protein through her latest completed lactation. Those numbers and are uh, currently the greatest lifetime totals for fat and protein in the Holstein Association USA data- database. Uh, so we talked about Chromeview Charles, who had held the record previously. She achieved the record earlier this year with 478,200 pounds of milk. So it's it's been a tight race apparently this year it feels like we've talked cows. about these these are my favorite because they're these cows that you see like this one max said scored like really well yeah, 94 excellent 94 that's unreal yeah. i mean you uh, wouldn't guess that but the, you know they don't score a 12 year old cow so you're i not. i like the when they describe cows when they like the way they describe them connie has open ribs a big frame with impressive width with a really good udder on her she's out of a really milky family that holds good records on them I just love those family. those quick. <laughs> she has uh, also good feet and legs, and has a positive. And furthermore, production. Yeah, given good reasons here for those dairy judging. I can tell you guys are in a couple dairy shows in your life. <laughs> uh, Connie has had nine calves, including four daughters, who have been excellent producing cows for the herd. Uh, for many years, the registered Holstein cow has also been known as the most efficient producer of excellent quality milk. So there you go. She is a powerhouse, apparently, in the herd and has four daughters looking to live up to the reputation. <laughs> Dairy judges and NFL draft analysts. <laughs> and seed guide descriptioners. Yeah, seed descriptions, yeah. 
All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. So this week we talked about what's been going on out in the field as Plant 2023 continues on. In our spotlight, we looked at where we're at with GDUs and the potential for water hemp emergent creeping closer. Egg History Minute, we talked about the no-till farming legend Dave Brandt and his passing this past weekend. Our Cool Beans, that's corny this week. Cool Beans was Ford is bringing back AM radio for its vehicles. That's corny is you may have some trouble with your corn stands this year as the weather continues to be uh, less than cooperative. So keep an eye on that. And our Field Good Friday was a new record set by Connie, the 14-year-old Holstein. So thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.